Welcome back to the Shotgun Rider Podcast. Yeah, so uh, four hands, uh, one hand is four inches. Joe? Well, uh, I've really been <laughs> angered and, and kind of bothered <laughs> by uh, the price of ammunition recently. Okay. It's freaking okay. ridiculous. We'll, we'll, we'll jump red state for a minute. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, it used to be that a box of 762 by 54 which is for a Mosin, which is like the cheapest rifle that you can buy. It's Russian surplus. You can pick one up at any sporting goods store for like 110, 115 bucks. That's well, probably just as common as uh, buying a knockoff AK. No, 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 no. AKs, even knockoffs, run like 400, 400. Really? 500. I thought they yeah. were running like uh, low twos. No. No, 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 no. Even if you get a Chinese replica, it's at least going to be like 350. I uh, I forgot what I was watching. I think but, it was Sons of Guns. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they did an episode where they had a, a knockoff uh, side-by-side shotgun. Mm. I think it was a 20-gauge. Yeah, okay. And um, <coughs> the, the issue was is that the... Uh, the hinge at the brake was just not doing that well. Okay. I'm making this complete story up. This is actually the one, the gun that you had. Oh, the Chinese one the by CIA? CIA yeah. CAI? Yeah. The, the short barrel side-by-side. Sure, sure. Yeah. The, the, uh, the quote-unquote stagecoach gun. Yeah, that gun's still cool. I think I'm going to get it fixed still. You think so? Yeah, because I, I feel like I've been looking at shotguns, and they've been holding up. It, you know, as long as you shoot shot and not, like, slugs in it. Well, tell them yeah, what happened. Right. So what happened was I bought this Chinese shotgun, and uh, I t- brought it back to the house, and I thought it was pretty cool, and it was. You know, it's this, like, shorty little 12-gauge. Just, you know, it's like I think it's 15-and-a-half-inch barrel, which is minimum regulation before right. it becomes an F- SBR. So... um. I, I, but I kept, I, you know, I was playing with it and stuff, and all of a sudden the front forestock just, like, came undone. I was like, what the fuck? So I looked underneath, and the front clip that holds the stock on and, and actually makes the hinge work broke off. So the, the welds just weren't very good. So I need to find a good TIG welder to fix that. But um, also I noticed on the barrel itself that where the... Uh, Chain, where the, the oh, shell is actually yeah. is um like a different pipe and just joined yeah. to the to the barrel. No way. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen that on a couple other shotguns now, so I'm not quite as wary about it, but it is weird. It's and they sh- probably should say don't shoot slugs out of this gun. <laughs> Do you but. think that if you took two of the same shotgun mm-hmm. and you shot Shot, uh, did shot out of one, okay, and slugs out of the other, consistently, shooting about, we'll average it to ten rounds a month. Ten rounds a month, right? Okay. <laughs> Which gun would become, would just wear out sooner? 
Well, I think at that rate, you're not really going to have a problem for many years. But once you get to like around the fifty to a hundred thousand round mark sure. in the in the uh, the slug loads, um, assuming they're not low recoil, you're going to see some cracking in your barrel probably. Yeah, because there's just so much more heat and <coughs> pressure generated and con- contained in that barrel from the slug versus the shot, where it's you know it's still shot out and there's wadding and all that, but it's a lot less weight and pressured actually right. it's the same amount of weight but it's a lot less pressure because there's air can escape around the beads right so, it's all one ounce so and what sort of problems what sort of problems would you expect to see if you were getting to a point where you're getting towards a cracked barrel would it be like Ooh. just general like increase of heat over less rounds or you'd see bluing on the barrel or yeah, you might see some like stress marks on the barrel, um, and, and I, you know, I'm not a gunsmith, but I'd say you might see some like very superficial cracks on the outside, even just from like heat after a long time, if it hasn't been you know always well oiled all the time, stored in the safe, and then shot only on occasion type mm, thing. Right. You know, you're gonna see some wear and tear. So uh, I'd say you'd probably. Uh, wouldn't see too much unless you were really looking for it. But, you know, you'd probably see something weird going on if you look down the bore. And uh, uh, other than that, you know, you just keep sort of a record of, you know, how much have I generally shot this gun? You know, how do I feel about shooting this gun more? You know, maybe I should get it again, Smith, to look at it and just give it a tune-up. Right. You know, to be safe and not lose a face. Right. Because I was thinking about that because... You always have the people that they own guns. I, I mean, uh, assuming that it's very similar people, they just have different lifestyles that sure. allow them to do it, like schedule their shooting yeah. for these times. Sure. But there's the groups of people that they have their guns. They go out and shoot probably, to put it under 20 times a year. Yeah, sure. And those people are much more likely to then come back and clean and stow their guns correctly. Okay. As opposed to the people that are consistently using their guns, whether it be for a practical use or for recreation. Or, you know, or general carry. A lot of people just forget to clean their guns for months or Oh, sure. I mean, that's a whole other problem in itself. Yeah. Just because you don't shoot it doesn't mean you have to clean it consistently. Doesn't mean you don't have to clean it. Well, yeah, right. If you right. don't shoot it, you don't have to clean it. But it's good to give it a checkup every now and then. Exactly, because that that uh, that slide grease. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're, it dries um, if out you're rocking a, a pistol, while. which is what I'm hoping sure. you're everyday carrying. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't walk okay. outside with M16s and be a prick about it. Nobody has. M16s. And then put a video on YouTube of you going. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> officer, why you're stopping me. I'm just going about my everyday. Carrying an M16 around the regular block of the city. Right, but the cops really should realize that and just sort of, you know, right. realize that they're going to be targeted for that. Right, but what I was saying was the people that are going to be using their guns more often or that mm. do use their guns more often are less likely to take that extra care across the right. board, I would think. Yeah. Which it, isn't right. Well, I think, 
it sort of goes like that to a certain point. You know, you don't shoot a lot, you take care of your guns pretty well because you respect them, and you know, it's a, it's like a ceremony every time you shoot them. Mm. You shoot a moderate amount. By that I mean, you know, you can you live sort of maybe in the country and you're just shooting at animals every now and again and right. targets and whatever the hell else you feel like. Um, then, yeah, probably not going to clean your guns very much. But then there's the guy who collects and just shoots all the time and hits, you know, targets and true. marksmen and all that shit. And he's, I guarantee, <clears throat> ballastalling his guns every freaking day, you know. Mm. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I would assume that the people that have those types of personalities yeah, are the same kind of personality that they find cleaning their gun lethargic. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's very serene for them, and they... No, I completely agree. They're at peace agree. when they're doing it. I yeah. agree with them. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. I love cleaning my guns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, across the, across like the board, there's, there's people that do that in every sort of walk of life, whether yeah. it's you go out to ride, yeah. and you find that as your way to keep yourself sane. Right, yeah, and and you find it even lethargic at the end of your ride, you know, putting up your tack just so and tightening down those knots just the way you like them. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, saddle on the bottom and then pad flipped over on top. Or, right. You know, pad on its own rack, you know, underneath or, you know, whatever. Because usually... OCD moments. Right. Well, e- every well, horseman yeah. likes his tack put away a different way. Yeah. And oh, they are yeah. very, very... Um, strict about how it is put away you remember that story which one uh <laughs> i remember a lot of stories <laughs> like that well the the one that involved myself and uh s- said double x chromosomer oh dude t- tell it again <laughs> uh well this was back at if anybody at home is keeping track of the places that we've, we've lived we've lived <laughs> this would be at richard's lake Oh, yeah, out in the country. Right, and I had borrowed a saddle pad and girth Yeah. of an individual that was associated with Joseph over here. Yeah. And the way that I put it away was I put the saddle back on the rack. I put the um, saddle pad upside down on top of the saddle, mm-hmm. and then the girth... Upside down on top of that. Sure. Which I thought was ecumenically the perfect way to put it away. Sure. I had been in the show industry. I was like, there's there's no way this could be wrong. (laughs) But I found out otherwise the next day of immediately getting a message saying, if you ever fucking put my tack away like that, you will never touch my shit ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. That was a fun story. So it wasn't. Of course, people can get very particular about the order in which they do things, (coughs) the end product of where they get to, whether it's taking their tack off or Mm -hmm. fucking riding the horse in general. Mm -hmm. Oh, you should warm up more. (laughs) No, it's an exercise. Dude, I was confused halfway through that story. Yeah. Because I was like, ah, Ke- but Kelly's nice. She wouldn't be mean about a saddle. Kelly a saddle lent girth. me her girth probably about a year and a half ago. No, not that long ago. It's almost the... It no, was, like it was nine cold. months. It was cold. And it was not 
This last winter. This last winter. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's about a year and a half. I've had that girth for a long time. Are you sure it wasn't in the fall? No, I'm very sure. Okay. <laughs> the fall would have made it even even worse. No, no, no. Just last fall, I mean. I mean... You sure it wasn't then? No, because this past fall, I was in the this uh, this apartment. Yeah. But that was my second year of the apartment. Oh, okay. This, I, I think it was that was the Fair first enough. year. Fair enough. Because of things that happened after that. Stretching my memory. <sighs> I can't... Uh, <laughs> Jackson, go. My brain's fried. How's selling cars? Selling cars Not with great, Jackson. Not great? No. Have you it's made sales? Only... Minimal. A few? Minimal. Okay. It's been bad. It's been slow. I spent my day yesterday yeah, and it's... all day today standing outside, waiting for people to come by so I can go talk to them. Yeah, it's just Very before busy. summer sales season, yeah. so. Well, Fourth of July is going to be good for you. I hope so. Yeah. Isn't this supposed to be a lull anyway because you just had Memorial Day? Right. I guess, yeah. There's supposed Memorial to be a lull. Memorial Day is the biggest sale. It's been dead, dead. Yeah. Dead, well, dead. Dude, a, you're just riding num- the business cycle, bro. <laughs> yeah, Numbers across the board have got to be pretty similar, I would think, right? For the most part, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. if nobody's making sales, they can't. They won't cut anybody. Right. But... Yeah, that's basically where it's at right now. Is it's just no one's selling. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the, the business cycle. The restaurant is losing money. There's nobody to make food for. Nobody's ordering. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's here. That's the advertising department's problem. No, no, Mr. Superman, no, no he no, no, it's not my problem. It's not I have problem. no money. <laughs> and that was the, what is her name? Consuela. Rose, Consuela. I was going to say Rosalita. Consuela. Kind of racist. <laughs> Actually, no. I've, not, I've seen my fair share of telenovelas. That's not racist. That's a com- it's common accurate. name. Accurate. Yeah. It's like Jesus. Yeah, but our family guy, Consuela Impressions. <laughs> Thank you, and scene. Yes. <clears throat> oh, we were talking about last week, and I, n- I never got to uh, that point. We were talking about the uh, the whole driving across country thing. Yeah. Recently in the news, uh, I mean, you all know Tracy Morgan? Yes. Yeah. Is he dead? <clears throat> no. <laughs> okay, good. Severely injured, though. Oh, really? Car he... crash? Yes. Bonneville? No. Okay. It was actually, he was on the highway. He was in an SUV. Uh-huh. And there was a trucker that had been pushing his hours oh. and was very tired and fell yep. asleep at the wheel. Yep. Hit him, and I think it was two or three other cars. And so there was one one death, mm. uh, s- three critical injuries, and two uh, standard injuries. Sure. Superficial injuries. Right. And so this guy is going, I think they already ruled on it, and they said that he's going away for life. Because he hit Tracy Morgan. Well, no, uh, Tracy Morgan wasn't the guy he killed. Tracy, well, Tracy right, Morgan. because he hit Tracy Morgan, though, he's going away for life. True. Well. Otherwise, it would have been. Oh, I'm sure like that he's. Accidental manslaughter. Getting fucked twice, and they'll seek punitive measures. Right. Once he's in jail. Right, Sure. Because then it's way easier to access his estate. Right. Um, but yeah, Tracy Morgan had, a, like, he, I think he fractured a couple of his vertebrae. Like, Jeez. it was bad. Like, he was in an That's ICU. No Damn. Yeah. yeah. That'll happen. Luckily, I'm not so worried about critical bodily injury. 
because medicine's come pretty far at that. It's when you have a chronic disease that you're fucked. Yeah. Mm. I mean, even AIDS has gotten better to live with, obviously. You can't cure it. It sucks. Mm. It's a virus. Well, it's a virus. Viruses are incredibly elusive to cure. Absolutely. We haven't even found a cure for the common cold. Well, viruses aren't technically cured. Granted, we're probably not looking either, but... Because I was, I would consider curing <clears throat> a medicine that uh, objectively kills that thing. Creating a medicine that objectively kills whatever disease you have. Right, but okay. with any virus, you're not exactly <clears throat> viruses are giving alive. you something. Phages aren't alive. Well, right, they're the not. Problem. They're not giving you. A medication. They're just giving you a dead version of the same virus, so that your body can create the antibodies for it. Right. So you're, you're basically afflicted. Yeah. You're basically making yourself smarter. You're not. Yeah. You're implementing your anything extra. You're just being like, all right, you've seen this before. Now you'll be okay next time. Right. You'd get the same thing if you drank your mom's breast milk, at least for the first, you know, however oh, long sure. you're drinking it. I mean. That's that's a really cool subject in itself of the whole uh, immunity from breast milk, dude. If we're we're getting real in touch with our uh, intellectual selves here. Oh yeah, dude. Well, dude, when we when we go back to California, yes. If we want to have this conversation actually in depth, we can hook it up with an immunologist. Hell yeah, <laughs> we'll absolutely do that. Fuck yeah, but on the stark surface level. All right. I mean. What's your, what's your favorite disease? What's my favorite disease? That's a weird question. Well, it, huh. we're we're talking super intellectual, where you can be very objective of something. And sure. Even tragedy tragedy can be analyzed. Well, what's your favorite <laughs> disease? Okay, the one that comes to mind is something that I learned about in like seventh seventh grade, I think. It, you know, it, do you have a project on it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no, no, it was one of the subjects you could have chosen, but I like couldn't figure it out so no. i but I, I just found it kind of funny because it, it's a disease called prater willies and it just before it kills them it makes people like incredibly fat really yeah. and so it showed pictures of the patients and normally it's like hella sad and they're wasting away and shit and these people are just like <laughs> i was like oh no that's awful yeah but it was it, it made me laugh at the, i was a seventh grader oh no <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> I know. Jackson, what about you? I'd have to say something probably like, I would say probably leprosy. Lepre- you like leprosy? And That's it, your... No, it intrigues me the most. Okay. Right, right, right. That's it fair. It intrigues me the most. That's great. Right. Why about it? Well, because basically you just lose the ability to feel pain. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's from scarring. Because you have the, the right. boils. It is boils, Actually, no, right? No, 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 no. Or is Actually, it sores? I... Uh, what? It's, it, it, it looks like boils. Yeah, but basically, you you don't feel pain. Like you like you've heard Dana Tosh stand up. Basically, it, it's about like oh yeah. Sales, but they, you basically <laughs> put your hand on the oven. Honey, like, oh, our daughter is <laughs> a superhero. <laughs> yeah, I got her booked in a fight next month. <laughs> Had her in an armbar. She didn't tap out. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's basically the thing because you can't feel the pain. So like people like they, they break their arms or they're bleeding and they mm. have no clue what's going on, and that's how like. Yeah. Well, eyes, you, you know, know that's or, or like limbs fall the fuck off. That's yeah. a, that's a disease in itself where you you can't feel pain. Right. Right. So 
Would you say that or still leprosy? I have one to add at the end of this. Okay. Because I thought it would be a great one. I feel like it, it, it's so intense. It's all inclusive. It's all inclusive. It, it's so intriguing because it's, it's like, just that shit. bad. Like, because you don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you read about it. Right. It's in the yeah. Bible. It's in the history books, but I don't well, think I've did, ever did heard you... about a modern case of leprosy. Yeah. Well, speaking of leprosy, did you know that the black or the black plague is carried by squirrels in Tahoe? Mm-hmm. What? No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, well, the bubonic plague, or it has an actual name. It's a, a bac- bacteria. Yeah, there's something the bacillus. There's a few animals it's still alive in and very dormant. Well, or it just doesn't affect them, but they can be carriers of it or some shit. Right. I don't what know. What do we do? Science. Is hope that they don't bite someone. Well, if you do, you can go to the doctor's office and get an anti- uh, antibiotic for it, and you're done. Yeah. You're good. No. <laughs> Imagine that that wiped out most of Europe, and yeah. we can cure it with a little white piece of powder now. <laughs> right. <laughs> crazy to think about. That's uh, it's the beauty of it. TJ, what's your favorite? Ooh. I didn't this... have one prepared. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> This, I mean, some people might not like it, but Parkinson's. Sure. Because it's one of those diseases that crosses that intellectual barrier. Yeah. Where, I mean, it is a, it is basically a degenerative brain disease. Yeah. Where the connections between your primary motor cortex and your brain, they start to, like I said, degenerate. Mm-hmm. And so... It's almost like dysfunction in the brain put to motion because you get people will get those shakes and those shudders and mm-hmm. they can't get past it because they literally can't get a message across. Right, right. Because we take all of our natural brain process for granted. Yeah. Like you know, every single thing that you do, whether it's autonomic or what's the other one? Uh, somatic. Yeah. Whether it's autonomic or somatic. somatic your your brain is still controlling it yeah it's still you whether you think about it or not and yeah, all that true. stuff only occurs because you have the perfect system to translate it from basically nowhere consciousness yeah to an outward thing it's basically yeah it's true it's like um even when that's a terrifying thought because even when I'm like so close wasted, I'm so close to blacking out, mm. I can I'm still capable of some complex thought. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like thinking about what I should do because of which consequences and what that would lead to. I can think of three different tiers of consequences, even at when I'm that fucked up. Mm-hmm. But imagine something swooping in that takes that away from you. That's right. terrifying. That that sounds awful. Even scarier than that, this was this was my number two, mm-hmm. which it goes in perfect. Yeah, is I don't know the exact medical term for it, but locked in syndrome. Oh, like you basically go into a coma, but are still conscious of everything going on right. around you. Well, it, right, it's part partially that my wow, kill me if I'm ever there. Dude. Or or when you go under anesthesia, but you can still feel everything as they're performing and surgery, you get and you out. can't yeah. tell anybody or do anything about it. My what? uncle, he had uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, which mm. that it's basically that. And usually younger people, 
will start from their head down to their toes, and it'll be a systematic paralysis of their entire body system. Oh, no. And it just moves down. Oh. But for people that get it late onset, it goes from their feet. All the way up. Up to their head, which my uncle had. And it wasn't until he passed away that I actually thought about it. Yeah. I would absolutely want to get it young, younger if I was going to get it. Not on the pure fact of that you would just get out, of, get it out of the way younger so you weren't like in the middle of your life and all of a sudden you just got fucked. Yeah. But the fact that it goes from your head. As soon as your atlas axis, your first two vertebrae Are done. go out of action. You're donezo. You're donezo. Yeah. You're inside. Yeah. But going from your feet? Yeah. You're, you have this disease, and it's literally like a wave coming up to you, and you can still move your head and neck. Huh. And you're basically looking at your own body going, oh, my God, what is happening? Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. It's, but it's incredibly interesting, because how could something that causes universal paralysis across your entire body but it doesn't affect your cognitive thinking. Yeah. Well, that's it. Just goes through the motor. Well, you know, yeah, it's it's neurons. the sectioning of the brain, which is yeah. interesting in itself. Because well, yeah, nobody knows what there, the fuck anything does <clears throat> up there. Because I was talking, I, it's I, all guesswork in a white coat. I talked to this one kid. Um, we were doing a. It was like a summer session at a college, but it was a kids' camp kind of thing. Uh huh. And it was a science kids camp. And we were talking about the brain. And they had one of those models there. And it broke down the pieces of the brain into their cortexes. Sure. And so you had the frontal, but both hemispheres as well. So it was mm-hmm. two pieces. Mm-hmm. And this kid was playing with it. And he was like, wow, this is a lot of pieces. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. And I was like. There's no actual real barrier between these cortexes. They're arbitrary fucking lines that yeah. doctors have come up with. Yeah. That <clears throat> the only reason that they're there is because that section lit up when they did the testing and did their brain scans. Well, and it's also just sort of the general shape of the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, <clears throat> there are, like, they're smaller. It's like... City and state, though, you know, in your cortex, you do have, like, Broca's area, which is responsible for most mm-hmm. uh, stringing together logical sentences and stuff like that. This kind of thing is the reason why, like, I think, like, brain, yeah, I'd have to agree with you in the sense of brain, the weird things, like diseases or abnormalities. Conditions. Conditions are, like, the most intriguing, especially when, like, it comes to, like, the mind versus the actual brain itself. Well, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the I basis guess. of our culture as to why we have any sort of issue with different people. Yeah. Is that... <clears throat> this is going to get really dangerous. Let's go. But, Wait, hold on. Before you get to that, though. Okay, go ahead. Say, <laughs> I'll get there. We're going to go on a tangent with that. It's, yeah. Uh, basically, the sense of... That, that, I've thought about becoming like a psychologist in the sense of because I thought about... You don't want to listen to people's <laughs> problems no, all day. Not, I'm not a psychologist. You hit junior year really late. <laughs> <laughs> not psychiatrist, psychologist. 
No, yeah. You don't no, want to yeah. listen to people's problems no, that's all not day. It. Psych- yeah. that's not psychologists. It's not a study of the of the mind, how the mind. Oh, works. so you want to be a, a research psychologist? Yes. Right. He's not saying that he wants to be a psychologist, a, a, a therapeutic psychologist. <laughs> He's not saying that he wants to be a psychologist practicing as a psychiatrist. Right. He wants to be a bona fide psychologist. He wants to be a behaviorist. About, right. Yeah. I want to know why. Well. People think the way they do. The difference is in personality and behavior. Uh, the difference is in perception of the world. Yeah, mm. well, in order to, to that, like, it fascinates. But me. yes, but in order to do all of those things, you have to take patient interviews, well, and in, in which case you're listening to people's problems ten hours a day. But to analyze, to analyze it, and to basically, yeah, no, 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 I, I, it's completely a worthy cause, and it's very fun to think about, but. It's also, you know, it'd be tedious. Yeah, it'd be tedious. <laughs> it, well, the problem. Well, the problem. I'm, was, just saying, yeah. I'm just saying it's fascinating. I'm it, not saying I would want to do. You, I just thought about it. Yeah, that's true. You can make more money as a psychiatrist right, and right, do the right. same job. The, the the concept behind it is very intriguing to me. Hour fifteen. On this section? No, I don't know about this section. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I said twenty-five. We're oh, at 35. okay. Cool. But yeah, the well, I'll 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 jump into that side, and I, we we can't go into it deep. Oh, we can. Well, though. well, to be uh, um, not tonight. I've had okay. I've because I think I know up a little too far to okay. not be that passionate about it. Okay, I think I know where you're going with it, though, and I think we can still keep it intellectual. But it, yeah, it's it's the part of medicine with mm. when it comes to the brain that. It's tough when you hear like neurophysician kind of thing. Yeah. Half of their schooling has just a huge identity crisis as to where the origin of it is. Because you're dealing with a strict anatomy mm. that is based off of a concept that we have no idea where it comes from, how on earth it started, why it happens, and why our brains work the way that they do. But right. they know the anatomy of it, what we've gathered so far, and how they can apply that to what we got right now, and that's all that we can do. And how they can stitch you up if something goes wrong. Right. They can notice when something's not acting like the other ones. Like, that, because that's the funniest joke that I've ever thought up on my own, was the comparison of a neurosurgeon to a backwoods mechanic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we can fix it. Uh, never seen one of these models before, but uh, there's not yeah. a whole lot of parts that I can do. But we can uh, try and fix it together. If you uh, take out this inhibitor, it'll uh, yeah help that along. But uh, it'll jig. it'll run rich for a while. So yeah. uh, you got to yeah. be careful. Um, you might just shock the entire system, break <laughs> it. But you need the car, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that and that that's brings about it. Mm, and that's an interesting thing is that we don't know how the brain stores memories. Mm. We don't know um, how our complex thoughts actually happen, actually occur, and so that brings you know it's basically a lot of electrical impulses, right? So that could bring about the idea that thoughts that we're just transmitting our personalities and our characters and who we are in mm. this. And that our thoughts are actually are who we are is actually out in the ether, and we're we're it's it's non-local as what they call it. Mm-hmm. Which I suppose, would, I suppose any theory. So could, like could yeah, so your brain could just be like the most high-tech yeah. antenna ever. Yeah. 
Well, that that's, that makes sense in a way. That's I mean, the problem maybe. with this conversation is that we know shit every know jack single shit. time that somebody has an opinion on how it works or just an, uh, redacting a thought of common commonplace. It's just well, we don't really know, <laughs> but but. It There's also be. this idea. That's why I like that. <laughs> that open-mindedness and be able to be able to jump from one idea to the next. I mean, that's got to be where our creativity comes from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. Because be. we compare our bodies to, like, I don't remember what textbook I read it in, but there was a quote in there that said, the human body is a perfect machine. Yeah. That... To our definition of perfect, it basically is. And that every system has a way to back it up. Most systems are... A power yeah. system mm-hmm. and a way to uh, make it work faster. Yeah. And so you have this perfect system that's basically a unicorn. Yeah. You've never could... really seen why it happens, but... Well, it's you could there. you could argue that it is imperfect though when you actually observe it and how often it breaks down. Imperfect like machine, in, in its comp yeah. in its over complexity. I would say a perfect machine is like the Russian space shuttle because it has like four moving parts on it, versus the American space shuttle, which is the most complex air uh, aerospace machinery ever created. Leading to why it broke down all the time and blew up in the I mean, sky. If you, of, if you think of the human body as a machine, in the sense, if you think of the same thing as the manufacturer of cars, mm-hmm. planes, mm. in the sense, like every single different kind of manufacturer is going to have one kind of issue, it can't overcome, or you know, they're all going to have over time break down. Mm-hmm. That brings in an interesting like subculture of it of how you could almost compare like makes and models races. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting. Yeah. No. But it, it's touchy there, but it, it right. it's still still kosher. But but for the <laughs> most part though, I'm thinking like uh cuz like every machine is going to have its issues at some point and need a fix here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, every machine is going to break down slowly as it ages and everything. That's the same thing with the human body. Like we're slowly breaking down. I mean, that's eventually why we die of old age. Yeah. We just sure. outlive the ability of the machine to keep running. Well, although uh, life expectancy has consistently increased. Because we have better fixes. We have better tools, in a sense, to be able to fix those. Well, and we have better quality of life, and we have better dietary requirements, and we have better exercise routines. That's what I mean. That's exactly the thing, though. But that's not medicine. Not not according to doctors. It doesn't have to be medicine. I have the the solution to to the medicine side. Right. It's evolution, bro. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, no, it's really, not I, actually evolution, though. Well, I no, I wholeheartedly believe it's that it's it, it's a yes. I would agree that it's not evolution strictly anyway. Differently from the way that you probably designate it, right? I would say that it's not evolution because the arbitrary amount of whatever you would measure that by is not enough to qualify as evolution. Well, no, I would say that it's evolution because it's not done through natural forces. Uh, Evolution by nature. By case basis. Absolutely. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, but our increased life expectancy is mostly uh, not due to us growing a new organ or, you know, 
uh, changing all that much physiologically is due to our advances in technology and collective knowledge. So one could say that that is a form of evolution because everything that nature creates is in effect natural and we are nature. Ooh, I can bring it into tech. Go for it. So would you say that the theory of evolution ah. is just as plausible as artificial intelligence? So what I would say is that artificial <laughs> intelligence I like it. is actually the next step of evolution. Ooh. Because everything that nature creates is natural and humanity is in effect natural. So even though we perceive houses and indoor plumbing and um, uh, protection from the elements as unnatural because it is created by humans, it is natural. So if we create artificial intelligence, we in effect create the next genus and species. Get them. So in in effect, this is, this is gonna get dangerous. We can't we we can, we can actually render ourselves obsolete. Yeah. By, get um. by creating the next step in I evolution. Would agree. I would agree. Homo, uh, oh, what would they call it? Homo technologia. <laughs> technologia. The way, the way I see it in a sense, and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think about, I, I think about that shit all the time when I'm just in my house. Yeah. Like What's Homo evolutus? That's what they would call it. But what, here's the thing: is the sense of like, what's what's the uh, Latin root for connected? Um, because that's what we could possibly do. Well, to bridge that gap from uh, organic evolution to technologically advanced is become bionic, and so you could go homo connected. Uh, come on, Google man that is late. man that is connected. Okay. See, the way I see it, in the sense of it, the way man builds robots. Mm. Uh, so, it, homo quasunt. We can build artificial intelligence. Quasunt, it's two words. Homo quasunt? Quasunt. Quasunt? Wait, what, what does that mean? Q U A E space S U N T. Huh. Quasunt. I th- that sounds That sounds good. I can do that. <laughs> it's Latin. Everything sounds good in Latin. Nah. Quasunt. E pluribus uninum. You think I'm a sapien, or baby? Something. I'm a quasunt. A pluribus unum. That's how it is. <laughs> hey, girl, you want to see my quasunt? Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. You want to see my erectus? No homo. Ah, it's There's another... no translation for penis into Latin. Dick. What about phallus? Ah. Uh, that's probably... That's probably it. Nah. Probably phallus. <laughs> penis. Just says Penis. You could say vena, but I'm pretty sure that's for the other thing. <laughs> that also means... Oh, verpa. Verpa means erect penis. Verpa. <laughs> you went on such a good road. Why did you go there? Because pe- got to keep the viewers guessing. Come on. Or mo- <laughs> We were on that subject for a little long, too. Muntunium. Muntunium is another one. Muntunium. Muntunium. I don't... Mountain? I mean, yeah, because... Penis. The the point well, there's also has m- always been a sign for well, there's also a phallus. There's also matuinum, or yeah, matuium, uh, mato, and matinium. Huh. And does that any way relate to mountain? Yeah. Um, copy. Wait. Click on it. <laughs> no. Because the- it just <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> penis penis all caps in all caps that just reminds me of uh 
from spoiler Da Vinci Code. Yes. When they go to uh, Magneto's house. Okay. <laughs> the guy that plays Magneto. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the really old uh-huh. English dude. Yeah. And uh, he's basically going through. He does the segue to get all the hard facts of the book into the movie so that everybody has that general knowledge to get through the rest of the plot. Uh-huh. And uh, he's talking about the phallus and the chalice. Okay. Which is the point upwards versus the point downwards. Huh. And when he's talking about the phallus and the point, um, just think of it as like a straight line mountain that you right. would draw. Right, And then the and then chalice to, is the vagina. Well, he would go to the military and apparently there's a... Uh, oh, it's those the butthole. Po- well, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the points are basically the same way that they do their designation for officers. Sergeants and all that, yeah. So the more penises you have, the more respected you are. Hey, George Carlin was right. It's the subconscious need to project the penis into ev- discussions that don't concern you. It's called fucking with people. <laughs> I wonder how Carlin and, um... And of course the rockets and the bombs and the bullets are all shaped like dicks. I don't know what that part of it, but, uh, I'll figure it out. Oh, what's... The guy that's obsessed with, uh... With genitalia when it comes to children's psychology. Freud. Oh. (laughs) If Freud and Carlin (laughs) could get together... Oh, God. What kind of conversations... Would they love each other or hate each other? Exactly. That's an interesting one. I feel like it would be a Stewie v. Brian kind of thing. <laughs> the it apl- might be. The applied knowledge versus the, well, it should be like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I don't know, dude. George Carlin had a way of ripping people down pretty effectively when he wanted to. It's very true, but who knows? Freud could have been a, a low-blow kind of guy. He was he all been, about genitalia. He could have been glib. Could have been quick. Mm. And he oh. did coke. He did a lot of coke. I wanted to bring this up before. I was super stoked that you used the word loquacious. Ah! It is one of my favorite words. It is a great word. Now... Loquacity? Joe and Jackson, <laughs> what are your favorite words? <laughs> this is going to be your final answer. That is on the internet forever. Oh, man. Juice wisely. Favorite words? This is terrible. Your favorite word. That's so brutal. Oh, man. No, it's your favorite word. But I have to pick. Yeah. I know. You have to choose between the crass, the crude, the intellectual, the knowledgeable, Oh, and you had to mention crass. Yeah. Because that's a good section of words, too. Yes, it is. Ah. Jackson, you you go first. Yeah, I have to. What? I have to say Gooch is at least in my top five. Ooh. <laughs> it's a solid choice. Yeah. It's a solid, what do you like about it? it? Just that it rolls off the it's tongue just, very well? It's easy. It's funny. Just the, the way it sounds just makes you laugh a little bit. Mm. Gooch. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it. Yeah, I did laugh a little bit there. Point proven. Serve to Joe. Uh, cunt. You're going to go crass. Okay. Because... Of what your eyes just did right there. 
that word evokes such <laughs> an emotion. <laughs> it stops them. You, auto- just <laughs> you automatically oh. just close your eyes. You go internal for a second and go, like, oh, oh no. God, he just said it. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Sure. It's for like, that reason. Sometimes they can't help it. It's just so Germanic and so abrupt. Yep. that it'll, So cunt is in top five. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What is yours, TJ? If I'm going to go on strict... Strictly entertainment factor, mm-hmm. it would have to be lugubrious. That's a great one too. That or those, a close second to lugubrious is cloaca. Yeah, that's a good one. Jackson, do you know what a cloaca is? No. That is a combination vagina asshole. Okay. Well, it's primarily <laughs> found on bugs and <laughs> and chickens. Yes. Huh. So it shits out poop and eggs. Weird. Yep. I did not know and that. And it takes in penises. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is purely for science, people. Oh, this yeah. Is it's a, conversation an, is for anatomical science. Anatomical to the T. Onomatopoeia is also a great word. Onomatopoeia, y'all. Because it rolls off the tongue, but the, it's not onomatopoeic, which is an interesting thing. The, well, the problem... Oh, well. <laughs> there's there's a problem with onomatopoeia is that... There's a T in it's it? It's almost like... No, it's almost like you're taught from the very beginning of schooling... To that like when that you, word. No, well, to, that you have to use that word, uh, and that nobody's ever going to spell it correctly, the first time at least. Uh, I did. <laughs> well, no, I'm just fucking with you. Fair enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you always have that slight childhood disdain for the word onomatopoeia for when you got asked to spell onomatopoeia. O-N-O-M-A-T-O-P-I-A. Fuck off. <laughs> I dude, that's one of my weird. We were talking about, about obsessions last week. No, that's one of the things. Somebody says a weird word to me, I cannot stop spelling it unless I engage myself oh, sure. in conversation. I just keep spelling it. <laughs> it sucks. Huh. See, I'm a little bit less where if somebody, like, I'll be doing something, somebody, and I'll be around a group of people. Somebody will be like, "How do I spell this word?" And no matter what I'm doing, I won't even look at the person. I'll just. Spell it. Audibly spell it. Right. And then they'll be like, what? And I'm like, uh, I don't care anymore. I, I, I got my fix. <laughs> yeah. I do that. I, I've never thought about that before. What was the first, like, cheesy academic game that you played with your parents? Cheesy oh, parents? Game? What do you mean? Like, whether it was, even if it was, like, doing the crossword with your parents. Uh, did you ever do anything like that? No. No. We, play, we played a little Scrabble later on, but... Scrabble you know. is a great evolution of the, the childhood game. Even, yeah. like, 20 questions? Not that I remembered or cared about. No? Yeah, no. we mostly played bullshit, though, or Crazy 8s, mm. or with my dad, I played a lot of chess. Yeah, even playing cards or chess. My dad chess, yeah. Before but that's not cheesy. Chess. I, <laughs> I, I literally used to play the spelling game with my parents. It was like horse, but with spelling words. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Fourth grade spelling bee champion of West Windsor Plains Road, New Jersey. Yeah, thanks, Mom. I didn't get that one. <laughs> Should have spelled with me more. You Should have loved me. <laughs> Nobody taught me how to spell perceived. <laughs> but I perceived I was wrong. Yeah. I don't even know what word I struck. I don't, I don't really care. There was this weird, yeah, there oh, yeah. was this weird really? Afghani kid. Oh, who our could, entire school did it. I found that to be the biggest waste of time. Yeah, they made our entire school do it. So, you know, and then you, like you get down to the semifinals and you go to the library. So that's the thing about schools on the East Coast. 
they're not that good of schools, but they're ranked very well because the kids will be dumb as shit, but they'll know they're reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. Yeah. They're good at it. The first three of the seven liberal arts. <laughs> exactly. Seven? Yes. Where the fuck does seven come from? Uh, it, it, well, in order, in ancient Rome, in order to become free from slavery. A scholar. You had, no, free from slavery. Um, <coughs> and to become a citizen of the state, of the city state, you had to be educated <coughs> in the seven liberal arts, which is, you know, music, reading, writing, arithmetic, mm. um, politics, Later on came economics, which I would argue is the eighth. But, um, you know, it, it, there were three others. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, that's the reason that school exists in this country was because they based it on a classical education. So it, it, in all aspects, most of our society would be considered slaves by Romans because we are, in effect, in, slaves to our own ignorance. I have a good topic that we can go out on. Okay. When it comes, and you're talking about where schooling comes from. Yes. Now, if you are a conversationalist, like we were talking about okay. before, there is a concept that you must know if you are a true conversationalist, which is a bit of uh, Socratic philosophy. Sure. In the art of the debate, and it's a concept called reductio ad absurdum. <laughs> It's a favorite of mine, and what it basically means translated is bringing a opponent's point to the most extreme possibility <laughs> that it allows and shoving it in their face. You know what I mean? For debate? Like... Both both political parties are very good at this. Exactly. There was a quote that came out yesterday... Where there was a Republican, and not to throw shit on Republicans, sure. we love you all, but a Republican representative, I think it was like South Carolina or something like that, mm -hmm. dude came out and basically said that if abortion is made legal, then rape should be made legal. <laughs> Which is a horrible <laughs> example of reductio ad absurdum. But it's a perfect example of reductio ad absurdum. Right. One that I like, sort of a cosmic justice reductio ad absurdum, <laughs> is the satanic church. Because, Ooh. like, the crazy Westboro Baptist church people mm -hmm. that, like, God hates fags and stuff, they were the ones who were really pushing to get prayer into schools. But they didn't mean all prayer, technically. They meant... Christian prayer specifically, so they would leave out all the Jewish and, and Israeli and... Or, or not Israeli... Um, um, Islamic. Islamic. Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, it, all, Buddhist, all of the other religions, so they thought. But the Church of Satan also jumped on the bandwagon and said, hell yeah, we want to have prayer in schools too. And they really beat the drum for prayer in schools, which eventually kind of defeated it. it, it as a, not like we won't allow prayers in school, but a mandated prayer time in school. Mm -hmm. they, got, they didn't allow that through right. So it was brought to that extreme point, and they right. were like, oh, no, that, that scares <laughs> oh, wait. me. <laughs> wait, Satan can pray too? <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's kind of the whole basis that, that we go on here. It's the reason that you can have a good conversation and really get to the outer points of what you want to think about during that day 
is the ability to take points to those absolute extremes yeah. and find out whether they're valid, invalid, or in the middle somewhere. If you're conversationalist, you're always playing that devil's advocate of, well, it could be that if I took all my morals and beliefs and threw them out the window. Right. Which I I well, love talking to people like that. Oh, yeah. The well, people that have the ability to take who they are, remove themselves completely from that, put them in a person that, as their other being, would think that they're absolutely fucking crazy. But they can see where they're coming from. You can still say you're absolutely wrong, but you have to see where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and in order to create the intrigue in the conversation, you have to constantly be playing with that line. Mm. Uh, just as in everything, though, I think you have to, you know, sometimes jump over the edge a little bit to, to get the ball rolling uh, with be it comedy or music or performing or riding horses. There's, all, there's always a certain point. Any where you sort have to of interaction, really. Get that activation energy. Anything that you're doing with other people. Yeah. And on that note, uh, we'll uh, leave you thinking tonight. That does close the show, doesn't it? I guess so. All right. That's a good introspective note. Nah. The, the kind that the kids don't like, apparently. Right, it's kind of a... Uh, uh, it's going to sound really prickish, but blasé note of just, eh, well, there's yeah. that. So I guess we'll... I'll, I'll leave you remembering that the world's going to end anyway in 2063 with a asteroid hitting us. So <laughs> there's nothing you have to worry about. <laughs> Might as well make gay marriage legal. Love you, everybody. This has been Shotgun Rider with Joe McDaniel. TJ Moran. And... And... Bottoms up, pants off. Open the tequila. TJ Moran. Let's go ride. <laughs> Good night, Jim. Good night.